Alright guys, what's going on? Jared Atkins, welcome to another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Uh, we're doing this mobile recorded tonight. Uh, I don't feel like digging out all the equipment. Kurt and I were supposed to uh, do a mini, Weeknight Chronicles. Uh, Kurt's a little under the weather, so I'm going to go ahead and run point by myself tonight. I didn't feel like digging out the equipment. And it's been a minute since I did a remote recording off my phone, and I have misplaced my fucking earbuds. Sometime in the move this last two months, my earbuds, I have still not located them. I spent $50 on them JBL Audio Tunes, and they got a little pack of little bass in them, and I love them. And I can't find them, so hopefully you guys can hear me pretty clear. And what would this show be if I didn't get a pro wrestling reference in, right? I now have two podcasts. I'm supposed to be launching. I know I've been saying that for a year now. I'm going to launch more. Uh, something always comes up. But eventually, I'm going to find a way to work pro wrestling references in on them, too. But uh, let's start with a little bit of news. Uh, the passing of one of the most influential professional wrestlers of all time. That would be WWE Hall of Famer superstar Billy Graham who passed away yesterday at the age of 79. Uh, news broke across social media. I don't know how long it's been out there. I know I first seen it on Tuesday that he was not doing good. And, uh, you know, three, four, 5,000 people on my Facebook, and 75% of that's pro wrestling related. Uh, everybody was talking about it. Um, uh there, there's no Hulk Hogan without Billy Graham. I don't think there's no what you became to known Ric Flair as or the American Dream Dusty Rhodes without Billy Graham. Uh, Graham's most known for, of course, uh, Bruno Bruno San Martino's second title reign, uh, which was a. a you know, it's what Roman's going for is the second reign. Uh, that's the record Roman's trying to break. But, uh, you know, he ended Bruno's reign uh, in 77. He was the first heel professional wrestler, and, and I don't know how long to hold the championship like that for a year. Uh, you know, he had defenses against Dusty Rhodes, which we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon, of course, The Rock's grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia. Before eventually losing to Bob Backlund, uh, like I said, there's no what we be, what we what we end up knowing Ric Flair as. There's no Ric Flair. There's no Hogan. There's no Dusty without the flash and bizarre and the promo style of what Billy Graham do now. Uh, Billy Graham was born Wayne Coleman, well Eldridge, I should say. Uh, that was his name. Um, he was on the cover of Muscle and Fitness with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, he was a strong man. He could bench 600 pounds, it was rumored. Uh, he was certainly a headline attraction. Uh, and, you know, selling out arenas, and then you think of the tie-dye. And just the look after he grew the goatee in and got more jacked. And uh, the big earrings, and his hair was a different color. His beard was a different color. Uh just tremendous. Um, when I had COVID the first time in January last year, uh, of course I was off work like 10 days 
And uh, the first three or four days, I slept like 18, 19 hours a day. So then I was awake all the time. So then that was when I was contributing, which I still am in a way, for Bodyslam.net. And I decided I wanted to work on an op-ed. And I'm currently, it's been ongoing since January 2022, where I am going through and I am watching a lot of pro wrestling on the Peacock app, on YouTube, through old DVDs and VHSs. And I'm trying to compile a list of the 100 greatest professional wrestling matches of all time. That being said... Uh, one of the matches that I had queued up, and I just started the ring entrance as I haven't finished, it was the infamous uh, Superstar Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes for the title in Madison Square Garden in the 70s. Uh, Dusty comes out wearing the purple robe and the purple hat, and it, it is tremendous. It's old school, 1970s pro wrestling from the WWF at the Garden. Um... So, I guess I can turn this off. I don't need this. But, uh, yeah, you know, several people, several athletes have have uh, come out over social media in the last two or three days, you know, before he passed away, talking about hanging in there, superstar. Uh, Ric Flair has come out and said, thank you for the influence you had on my career. Now, he's had some health issues over the last 20 years. Uh, most notably, what we can all remember is uh, the liver transplant that he needed uh, in... 20, 19, 20, 21 years ago. I want to say it's like 02, 03, 04. Uh, and then, of course, uh, leading up to his eventual passing yesterday, he was on live support with uh, organ failure. And, of course, uh, he, you know, eventually later in life would contract diabetes. And, uh, anyways, he was 79 years old. Uh, the WWE Hall of Famer. Inducted by Triple H in 2004. Uh, of course, he retired from entering competition the year I was born, 1987. Uh, and he was on, he was only in his early 40s at that point. He stepped away. You know, nowadays these guys are way past their 40s. But uh, rest in peace to one of the... I would put him as one of the top 50 professional wrestlers of all time. If you think about everything that goes into a wrestler, not just the... The ability, not just the wrestling aspect of it all, but you think the overall package, the look, the promos, the reaction from the fans, everything he does. Superstars top 50 all time, maybe even top 10. Whew, I'm going to get some heat on that. But uh, rest in peace, uh, Superstar Billy Graham. Now, um, shifting gears here, sort of, I want to talk about Pat McAfee. Uh, his weekday sports talk show, he it, it he is moving. The Pat McAfee show is coming to ESPN this fall uh, in a major deal. And you know what? Shout out to Pat McAfee. What he has done. You know, he was the punter for my team, the Colts. You know, he's got such a following on social media. He's so outlandish. He, he He's done his shit. He gets his shit in. He works his gimmick, man. Look at me, still talking wrestling. He's made his money, and then he, he's branched out, he does the talk shows. Then he's doing, you know, the shit with DraftKings, and then he's doing the shit with ESPN Game Day, and then he's announcing for WWE. He has matches at back-to-back WrestleManias. Um, uh, so, uh, I'm drawing blank here, sorry, I'm just getting... Um, but ESPN 
uh, corporate brass would release a statement saying, Pat is a proven talent. He and his team have built the Pat McAfee Show into one of the most engaging programs in sports and all of media, honestly. It's a destination for athlete interviews, breaking news, and the centerpiece of a growing community of sports fans. We are honored to bring Pat and his show to ESPN through a multifaceted, multi-platform approach. Because it will be on ESPN, it will be on ESPN+, Plus, which we all have, or most of us have, $9.99 a month, uh, ESPN's YouTube channel. Now, he's also going to continue his role on College Game Day, and he'll be hosting, you know, he'll be doing some of the announcing for uh, alternate broadcasts of college football games on ESPN. So, uh, this is tremendous. Uh, so, McAfee released a statement and said that, you know, I probably won't swear as much, but uh, he says, my show's not changing. We're not changing a damn thing. Every other word is good to go. We won't be doing that because it's the middle of the day, but everything else will be good to go. I'm excited about this, and man, congrats to Pat McAfee. Got his shit in, man. Nobody deserves this more than Pat, the success he's had. Obviously, I wish he was still playing in the league. Obviously, he's a, a special teams player. Who cares? He was an important part of the team. He was one of the heart and souls of that Indianapolis team for many seasons. Uh, so, congrats. Uh, I love the Pat McAfee show. And uh, sticking with the NFL a minute, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the Snyder family. Uh, next week, the league has their meetings in Minnesota. The NFL does. This is where we... Uh, we're supposed to get a vote on the sale of the Washington Commanders. You know, Dan Snyder said he would never change the name from the Washington Redskins. Uh, then they changed it to Commanders because they're afraid of uh, backlash. Uh, everybody's so PG and overly sensitive these days. Well, then he said he would still never sell a team. Well, now um, there's some shit going down with this. Obviously, it's been a minute since Kurt and I put a weeknight together or I did a solo shot myself like I am now. That being said, uh, an investor group led by the Philadelphia 76ers and New Jersey Devils for the NHL co-owner Josh Harris, uh, there, there's a deal in place with the intention to sell come November. Or, well, they they, attend, they made their announcement. This, this first got brought up back in November, I should say. Let me correct myself. Uh, in the ballpark of uh, a little over six billion dollars. <clears throat> now, uh, while a vote this month was supposedly considered unlikely, according to Jeff Miller, the NFL's executive vice president of communications and, and public affairs, and said that there would be no vote when the owners get to Minnesota on Sunday and Monday. He said, "Quote: The league staff and finance committee will continue to review the deal of the transactions." We will provide membership with an update in Minnesota. Now, a document was submitted to the league, and the league's finance committee must review the documents and vet the investors. Now, this Harris Group includes at least 12 partners in this, um, all of who has to be vetted to make sure their their money's legit. There's no, you know, Colombian drug lord money involved in this, and these are good, honest people. They're not, you know, what you call her, you know, so... Uh, this sale 
would be the largest sale in sports history. Now, think about that a second. Some owners and league sources have expressed concern over the structure of the bid. Uh, the source said the Harris Group has a net worth of over $100 billion. That's a lot of fucking money. Okay? And this sale of the Washington Redskins franchise, excuse me, the Washington Commanders franchise, this franchise, of all the franchises, would be the most expensive team sale in professional sports history. Now, we just saw history made almost a year ago, because on June 7th last year, if you remember, we did a Week 9 Chronicles episode about this, the Walton family reached an agreement to buy the Broncos for $4.65 billion. Uh, and the owners voted in favor on this on August 9th. So here you have this snake bit Washington franchise whose value is, I think, way over inflated. But you're, you're going to sell this franchise. You're going to sell this franchise for six, over six billion. It, it just, it, it's asinine to me. Now, Jeff Miller continued on saying nothing has changed regarding the the Mary Jo White investigation into Dan Snyder. Of course, we this was you know talked about off and on here. At, I don't know if we've covered this in episodes or not. We've been away for a while. Uh, the Mary Jo White situation is uh, it was after sexual harassment levied against Snyder by a former team employee. This began this investigation in February of 2022. Yeah, I think me and Kurt did cover that. Because I talked about the, the them getting their PP spanked. Anyways, uh, it's possible that... Uh, who knows? The cell, I believe it'll probably be vetted and it'll go through fine. But it just blows my mind that the most, export, the most expensive franchise ever sold in sports is going to be... I shouldn't say snake bitten. They've got a couple Lombardis. But these are the same people that do ignorant things. That they, they spend all this money in free agency. This was a team that would never build through the draft. They spend all this money in free. Let us all remember what was it? 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, whatever year it was. Let us all remember the $100 million Albert Hainsworth leaving the Tennessee Titans in free agency. Let us all remember that. What fucking year was that? Oh, wait, no, he was still in Tennessee in 08. Whatever year that fucking was with... with uh, somebody at me on that. I don't I don't remember. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, as always, you know, when we do the Weeknight Chronicles, which is typically our, our attempt at some humor in broadcasting, actual news, uh, we'll keep you updated on any changes in this story. And even though Puss is not here now, he's feeling a little under the weather, I, I had some Pittsburgh Steelers... Mitch Trubitsky. Yeah, did I say Trubitsky? Yeah, it's true. Uh, Mitch Trubisky news. Uh, apparently, he's not going anywhere. He's got a year left on his quarterback. Of course, he's the number. Uh, you know, he's the backup quarterback now for Pickett. Uh, but they're finalizing. The Steelers are going to finalize a two-year extension with this former number two overall pick in the NFL draft for the Chicago Bears. Uh, now, the new Steelers general manager, Omar Khan, which Kurt's got mixed feelings about Khan. He likes some of the things he doesn't. Uh, Khan did an interview, uh, 
earlier today, I think it was, or maybe it was yesterday, with on the Pat McAfee show and said that he was finishing up extension with Trubisky, but he would not disclose the length of the deal. He said, quote, We feel good about our quarterback room, and that was an important piece. We've obviously got Pickett as our starter, but we feel really good about Mitch and the role that he's in. We feel good about it. We've added Mason Rudolph. We feel really good about the QB room. Now, Trubisky was set to uh, count about $11 million against the cap for this upcoming 2023 season. And by the way, cheap plug, uh, there's a website I used to love to use uh, before I ever started the podcast. I just talked sports with some of my friends when I worked at Wapaka. There was a group of about three or four of us that really liked talking about contract side of the NFL. There is a website called overthecap.com or underthecap.com. It's been a hot minute since I've used it. You can find all contract information and how bonuses, uh, what they are for this and and how much they're making per game and per quarter and it's broke down and what this bonus does if you release this player. it, It is a tremendous tool if you want knowledge and information or just a good read so check that out you can get all this information there i'm sure uh the i haven't been on the site in three or four years but they it used to be updated daily with information um but anyways trubisky was set to be about an 11 million dollar cap uh hit uh but an extension gives their cap some flexibility while also giving him security as a top-tier backup. Now, this has come the day after they re-signed Mason Rudolph, which we just talked about. Uh, so, the all three QBs from last season for Pittsburgh are coming back. Now, last year, he was a team captain, but he lost the starting job early in the season because of his just horrendous play. Uh, terrible play. we all seen it. Uh, now, Calm was pretty open about his desire on the McAfee show to retain Trubisky at the NFL Combine, or excuse me, at the Combine in February, uh, saying that he's great, we hope he's around here in a long time, blah, blah, blah. Now, this two-year, $14 million contract with Pittsburgh that he signed on the first day of free agency in 2022, uh, he, of course, he was drafted in that 2017 draft class that included... Uh, you know, several others. I think that would have been Josh Allen's draft class, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, that'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know if... Uh, I, game manager. Um, definitely a game manager. I don't know if, if Pickett goes down with serious injury first play of the season. I don't know how much you can ride... Trubisky, uh, I would almost be willing to take a shot on Mason Rudolph, but that's me. Uh, but now, in six NFL seasons, I got Trubisky's numbers here. He's completed 64.2% of his pass attempts, 68 touchdowns to 43 interceptions in 64 games with 55 starts. So, you know. Uh, but hey, he got paid. Fuck him. Uh, got, you know, that's all that matters. Get yours and get out. Here's another moment where I miss Puss. Oh, Hattie, oh, girl. Uh, we're going to talk some pitching, and we're going to talk some... Uh, we're going to talk some uh, sticky fingers, foreign substances here. Not those sticky fingers. Right hand Susie, left hand Sally. I see what you guys did there. Uh, let's talk about the Yankees. Don't... 
Domingo Germain. He's been suspended 10 games and fined by Major League Baseball for violating the foreign substances rule. He will not appeal. He'll begin serving the suspension uh, next week, I think, or he might have started it today. I don't remember. Um, he cannot be replaced, and they'll be forced to play with 25 instead of 26 men. I'm sure the Yankees are happy about that. But he got kicked out of the fourth inning of Tuesday night's game or Tuesday's game against the Blue Jays for having his right hand coated with something tackier than rosin, according to the umpire. Now, umpire James Hoy made a statement Tuesday night and said, The instant I looked at his hand, it was extremely shiny and sticky. It's the stickiest hand I've ever felt. My fingers had a hard time coming off his palm. Now, of course, the Yankees and Jermaine deny the accusation, saying he didn't have anything on his hand other than the rosin bag. It was definitely just the rosin bag. It was sweat in the rosin bag. I don't need any extra help to grab the baseball. Look at this motherfucker. He said, I don't need any help. That's some good shit, man. He fucking stuck it. I love that. Quote, it was definitely sweating the rosin bag. I don't need any help to grab the baby. The suspension of fine was announced yesterday. Okay, so uh, he'll be able to return May 28th. So we are looking at 10 days. That'll be against the Padres. Uh, Now, Yankees manager Aaron Boone said he went over the line that umpires deemed, and now we've got to live with the consequences. We know one player needs to to carry this load. We'll share it all, and we'll do it together. So... Luis Severino will take his spot in the rotation. There's a lot of that going on. Arizona's Caleb Smith was suspended in 2021 for that. Scherzer for the Mets was suspended for that stuff on April 20th. So, I wish Kurt was here. I just, oh man. Kurt would be up in arms about this. So, good stuff you're missing tonight, puss. In other news, right-hander Liam Hendricks was back in Chicago on Thursday, and the White Sox closer could make his return. We need some positive news once. He could make his return from Stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma as early as next week. Okay, now he's scheduled to throw live batting practice, uh, with teammates Friday, and an assessment is supposed to be made from there when he would pitch in a game. Now, he's 34 years old. He was diagnosed January 9th and completed his final round of chemo April 5th. I just heard about this today, or I just saw this tonight when I was putting this together, and I'm like, I have to put this in there. Now, he began a rehab assignment about three weeks ago at AAA Charlotte, uh, where he's got a kind of rough. He's got a 10.8 ERA in six appearances. But they're going to let him throw Friday. They're going to let him throw tomorrow. They'll see what happens and they'll evaluate him. Uh, so, I, 
whether he whether whether it happens or they they kind of push it back a little bit. Uh, excuse me. Either way, I think it's outstanding news. You got a guy come back from stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, that's fucking phenomenal. Um, let's let's play a let's play a uh, you know. Congratulations, Sam. Do we got anything else we can get for him? Nope, that didn't work. Anyways, I forgot how much fun it is to have all these sound pad options when I remote record. Uh, now, if memory serves correct, um, he is an all-star. What year, I don't remember um but he's played for the twins the royals oakland it might have been oakland he's had to stop the blue jays and the white Sox, the royals i think it was oakland uh and he should be about a four or under career era pitcher so if you you know at the end of the day, when you hang up your boots, which he's not, but at the end of the day, when you hang up your boots, if your ERA was under five, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. As competitive as baseball is, as juice as the balls are now, and people swinging from the fences, and you guys know me, I love pitching. That's what me and Kurt talk about when it comes to baseball. What gives me my baseball chubby, gives me my what gets my baseball dick hard, is always pitching. And if at the end of the day, when you hang up the cleats and you you know, if your career ERA is five and under, that's a good damn day at the office. Obviously, you want lower, but still, an ERA under five, that's a good damn day at the office, I think. Anyways, so congratulations to to Hendricks for this. Uh, coming back from cancer, man, that's that's phenomenal sports news in the way the world is today. Uh, what's not... Phenomenal sports news is the NSAC suspending nine fighters. Oh, that's right. For you guys that love contact sports, we all know those dreaded four initials. The Nevada State Athletic Commission, because how much it pertains to MMA, because it's mostly in Vegas. So, the PFL, the Professional Fighter League, Nine fighters tested positive for banned substances last month during the promotion's opening round of matchups for its 2023 season. And it placed all nine fighters, including former UFC title challenge Tiago Santos, I love Tiago Santos, under an indefinite suspension, more likely awaiting disciplinary action. Now, the Nevada State Athletic Commission did not reveal any details on the nature of each fighter's offense in this situation uh, at the time. However, in its meeting Wednesday, the commission revealed all the suspensions were due to failed drug tests. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three of the nine accepted their respective suspensions from the NSAC on Wednesday. 
Now, featherweight Alejandro Flores was suspended six months for testing positive for a diuretic. Uh, there were some other guys who were suspended nine months for some stuff. Every single fighter was that was suspended was fined a percentage of their earnings as well. There were some heavyweights. Uh, the only other big name was uh, a couple of big names. Featherweight Daniel Torres. Uh, Santos, who was the PFL's biggest, probably their biggest catch as far as the offseason goes. Uh, it does not say, I don't, he was tested positive for something. I don't know, clomiphene? Clomiphene? I don't know what the fuck it is. Uh, so yeah. The United States Anti-Doping Agency, that's right, the USADA, which we've all heard about. That's who does this shit for the PFL. They also do it for the UFC. So, so Tiger Woods is making news again, uh, which I seen something come across. I got a, I got my, I got a push notification from ESPN last night or yesterday afternoon, somewhere in that time frame. I don't remember when, and uh, I never bothered to open it, but I knew tonight going into this Weeknight Chronicles edition. Uh, which I love. I love it because me and Kurt basically get to play sportscasters and uh, newsbreakers for for an hour, hour and a half. Um, I knew I wanted to get this in here now. Uh, A Florida judge ruled yesterday that the ex-girlfriend of Tiger Woods must abide by a non-disclosure agreement that she signed and resolve her lawsuit seeking millions from him through private arbitration behind closed doors. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you can hop in your Google machine and and uh, check out this story. Uh, this uh, there was an 11 page uh, court document. Uh, Circuit Judge Elizabeth Metziger uh, rejected Erica Herman, the former girlfriend of Tiger Woods, attempt to get her 2017 NDA with Tiger uh, quashed. Uh, she said he had committed sexual harassment against her and. Uh, the judge called Herman's allegations vague and bare. Uh, quote, Judge Merzger said, Hermaine has the opportunity to provide the factual specificity for any claim relating to sexual assault or harassment. However, she has not done so. The evidence shows that an NDA agreement was negotiated between these two in 2017, even if her attorney now questions whether she actually signed it. So we had a hearing, or we, we, we look at me. There was a hearing about a week and a half ago. Uh, Herman's attorney conceded that she signed an agreement, but he said she doesn't remember ever seeing the woods, the one that Tiger's attorneys presented to the court. Now the judge said if Herman unequivocally denied signing the agreement, she would have had to order a hearing on that issue. But since she isn't sure if she signed it or not, that is a question for an arbitrator to decide. Now, Neither Herman's attorney nor Tiger Woods' attorney immediately responded to late Wednesday emails seeking comment last week because ESPN wanted to uh, to break the story on this a little more. I'm reading this now. I'm reading it. I did a CMP right here. Uh, it's unknown if uh, Herman's attorneys will appeal this decision, uh, but she had she's 39, Tiger's 47, and she. She's she's suing uh, the trust he owns, his $54 million Florida mansion. She 
seeking $30 million from him amid allegations of sexual harassment. Now, Forbes estimated Tiger's net worth about $1 billion last year. $1.17 something to be exact. Now, she used to manage uh, Tiger's Palm Beach Country restaurant before and during the first few years of their relationship. Uh, She is arguing that the NDA is unenforceable under a new federal law that says contracts can be voided when sexual abuse or sexual harassment has occurred. Now, she alleged in these documents that Woods threatened to fire her if she didn't sign it. She argued that this is a harassment, treating one employee different from others because they have a sexual relationship. This is why you don't work with people you fuck. But, uh, so, so this, is, this is actually a, a big story. It is a good story, and there's a lot more to it that I'm not going to go into. Um, if you guys want all the information, it's out there on Google. I will say this, one thing Kurt and I have, um, one thing Kurt and I have always done on the show is that uh, we are in 20, it, it is 2023. This is the, this, we are in modern times, we are in PC culture, we are in a world of overly sensitive. However, one thing we have said on this show repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly, over the last decade, going back to 2013, over the last decade, we are in the middle of a women's, of a women's rights and a Me Too movement, and a women's equality movement. If what she's saying is true, if this really happened, and it it is plausible and it is believable, because Tiger liked to fuck. We all know that. Tiger, and I'm going to be as open as I can with it. I'm not censoring a fucking thing. It's my show. Uh, Tiger likes to fuck. It's been well documented. So it's plausible that this could happen. However... This is not a slide against women or not. Don't take it that way. One thing we know is that there's a lot of women who realize they can get some cheddar by saying, he touched me there, he touched my no-no square. Personally, I don't think this holds a lot of merit. Uh, I think she's up shit's creek without a paddle. And I don't think nothing's going to come of this. However, if there's any ounce to what she's saying is true, then fuck you, Tiger. Shame on you. And you deserve to pay this woman money. I'm not saying I'm not saying this bitch deserves thirty million dollars, thirty billion dollars, thirty million dollars, whatever it is. But uh, you know, I can forget about some shit for thirty million dollars. So moving on again, you know, look into that if you want. I'll keep you. Uh, Updated. I'll keep you up to par. Here we go. How about a golfer? See what I did there? See what I did? I'll keep you up to par on any information. Uh, There was something in here I was going to put in here earlier about uh, the ACC conference had a bunch of their spring meetings. And they were talking about they would uh, like to see doubling the tournament field from 68. And that is that is interesting. That has been a, that is that is, that is a whole episode I could do just on who doesn't want more madness. Who doesn't want much more, more March madness? Uh, but I'm not going to get into it all right now. Uh, it's just uh, Florida State's head coach 
Florida State basketball head coach Leonard Hamilton said he was in favor of doubling. Uh, of course, one of the greatest college coaches of all time in my not, in my mind. He's he's a good system guy. Uh, Jim Laranega from Miami, what he's done with that program in the last 9, 10, 11 seasons, however long he's been there. Uh, it's impressive. Uh, Laranega seemed like he was in favor of it. There's There was a lot of conversation. There was a lot of chatter from the ACC conference about this. Um, and, and it's about, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it's a good read. Um, <sighs> you know what? Fuck it. Let, let, let's get into this. Cause this, cause I always say it's selection Sunday is one of the, is one of the, you know, most important Sundays in the world. You've got selection Sunday, you got Super Bowl Sunday, you got WrestleMania Sunday. Don't get me started on the fact that WrestleMania is two nights now since since COVID happened in 2020. That pisses me off. But uh, And I've posted numerous times on my personal Facebook page. I don't know if I put anything on our Steel Toes and Scoreboards Twitter or Facebook page. But uh, March, April. March, April is the greatest time of year in sports. March, April is the greatest time of the year in sports because the NBA is getting ready to head into the postseason. NHL is getting ready to head into the postseason. NBA Combine and Draft is right around the corner. Okay. Uh, March Madness, of course, the big one. Uh, Baseball opening day is right around the corner. NASCAR has been in full swing for, you know, a month or two. Uh, So, March, April. Third, fourth month of the calendar year. Best fucking time in all sports. Of course, I could also say the same thing for October, because you got World Series baseball, you've got NHL starting up, NBA starting up. But for me, it's always going to be spring. Uh, Hamilton, Florida State head coach, said, "I believe the NCAA tournament is the greatest sporting event in the world. It captivates everybody's imagination for about three weeks. But parody has set in everyone. I may be a little ridiculous when I make this comment." But I think you could double it. You're already playing in Dayton on two nights. So in two days, you're back to the same number. So you already got the dates. You just got to figure out how to play them at different sites. Maybe that might be a little aggressive. Some people think the number is 96. Personally, I think you need to double the tournament. I think it's time the tournament expands. I think it's time that we have the conversation for the men and women. Now this is interesting because... uh, I, I read a lot of news back in January. I don't know if I covered this on the show. I think I mentioned something about it on a Weeknight Chronicles episode. But in January, the Division One Transformation Committee recommended allowing 25% of teams in sports sponsored by at least 200 schools to compete in championship events. That would open the door to possibly expansion of the tournament from 68 to as many as 90 teams. Now, why this was being brought up so heavy uh, with the ACC conference meetings was because the the ACC had problems last season with a lack of quality wins and non-conference play. Uh, And this is where Jim Laranega was talking about, you know, he said uh, men's basketball is better off if we had more quad one and quad two games in November and December in non-conference that will strengthen our net, and what will impact as many teams get in. Uh, so, Clemson was on the bubble for Selection Sunday. They didn't make the NC because it didn't get enough quality wins. 
their coach was upset. Um, North Carolina Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham is on the Men's Basketball Selection Committee. He tried to provide his own perspective on how the process happened. It's it's a phenomenal read. It's a phenomenal thing to think about. I personally am all about more more teams and more games. It for me, it's not about team. Yeah, some say the tournament's going to get watered down because you could have, you know, you could have a not, very not good team take down a very good team. Isn't that the whole fucking point? In the last five years, we've seen. In the last five years, we've seen for the first two times in history, in the last five years, for the first two times in history, we've seen two number one seeds get taken down by 16 seeds. Isn't that the point? David versus Goliath? Cinderella? So yeah, you could have these moments with potential more teams getting in. But then again, you could also have potential for more really good teams. I... If I was on the committee and it was like, hey, fat man, you're the deciding vote. Does this happen or not? I'm pulling the trigger on it, hands down. Hate me, at me if you want. For those that not a fan, don't give a shit. If it was my decision, I'm pulling the trigger. I don't necessarily know if we're doubling the field. I don't necessarily know if we're doubling. But we're at least adding another 16. We're at least adding another 16. So, that's my take on it. What else we got here? Oh, yeah. I want to start to put a bow on this episode. Uh, And I I forgot I put this in the notes. Did you guys hear about this 18-year-old kid that's probably going to serve 20 to 25 years in federal prison? Big deal, Jared. How does this tie into sports? So, an 18-year-old Wisconsin kid, I'm going to call him a kid. He, he's a legal, he's an adult, he's a legal man, but uh, he's been charged with crimes related to a cyber attack with sports betting that impacted 60,000 accounts according to an unsealed indictment by the United States Attorney's Office of the Southern District of New York. Joseph Garrison of Madison, Wisconsin, was charged with six counts of conspiracy, fraud, and identity theft during a credential stuffing attack that began in November. What a credential stuffing attack means is that culprits use stolen usernames and passwords that are often bought or illegally obtained. No shit, it's illegally obtained through the dark web. Now, these charges carry a maximum of 20 years in the pen if convicted, he surrendered to authorities uh, Thursday morning in New York. Uh, basically, uh, according to FBI agent in charge, Michael Driscoll, he says, as alleged, Garrison obtained unauthorized access to victim accounts using a sophisticated cyber breaching attack to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars. Cyber intrusions aiming to steal private individual funds represent a serious risk to our economic security. Combating cyber attacks and holding the responsible threats accountable in the criminal justice system remains a top priority for the FBI. Uh, it did not identify the, the betting site, but DraftKings had released a statement saying it worked with law enforcement in the investigation. So, the safety and security of our cur- customers' personal payment information is paramount importance to DraftKings. We worked with law enforcement in catching the alleged 
culprits. We want to thank the Department of Justice, including the FBI and the U.S. Attorney, for their prompt and effective action. From a spokesman. So, FanDuel was affected by a November cyber attack, but a spokesperson for them said we were not materially impacted by this attack. Now, law enforcement executed a search on Garrison's home in February and found programs typically used for these type of attacks and computer files containing nearly 40 million username and passwords. Uh, so, they also got this uh, messages on his phone, text message he had sent saying, Fraud is fun. I'm addicted to see money in my account. I'm like obsessed with bypassing all their shit. Uh, but apparently, um, in December, DraftKings revealed a data breach notification to the Attorney General's office that 67,995 people were exposed in the November attack. The sports book estimated that $300,000 worth of unauthorized funds were withdrawn in this attack. Wow. Spank his PP and send him on his way to prison. This is why fucking people like my dad hate technology. This is why the older generation hates doing anything with the internet. Because you're not even safe on the web anymore. Like, you're, you're not even safe. I don't know. I just thought I'd share that with you guys. And of course, uh, 2023 so far, we're five and a half months in. And I've not really talked a whole lot of boxing for this year. Last year at this time, I was already rattling off to you what the five biggest fights of the year was. And then as we hit August, three more fights were scheduled for the end of the year. So we went from a big five to a big eight. I haven't paid attention to much boxing this year. Honestly, it's just been a busy, incredible time. Work, the move, now I'm working, working again. Because for the next six months through a year, I'm I am part-time with my office job. So... Uh, before I go back full-time, so I'm not on ESPN all the time, I'm not checking shit, I'm not looking at boxing, all the boxing pages and websites I follow. However, we have one of the big fights of the year, and honestly, I might look for my own personal information later tonight, that way I know where we're at. Uh, Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. Fuck do I love some Vasily Lomachenko. If you guys, any of you guys that watched the Haney Cambosis rematch in October. As soon as it was over, you heard Kruger talking about uh, who he thought was next for Haney was Lomachenko. It has to be Lomachenko. Well, here we are. Uh, it's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be sponsored uh, top rank. Now, for those of you that want to watch this, you can stream this. It will uh, ESPN Plus. You can stream it. I don't know if it'll actually be on ESPN itself. Uh, this is for all four belts. Um, for lightweight title. Haney's going to come in and defend uh, against the former unified champion, uh, Lomachenko. This will be for the WBA, WBO, uh, IBF, and IBO titles. Or, God damn it, I fucked the- I know better. The WBA, the WBC, the WBO, and the IBF titles. Uh, IBO, what the fuck? Um, 
So Haney's coming into this now, still undefeated. He's 29-0. He's had 14, 15 knockouts. Uh, he's ranked 10th, uh, according to what I checked before I put the notes together on ESPN's Pound for Pounder. Pound for Pound fighterless, I cannot talk. Uh, he's the best fighter under the age of 25. Uh, now Lomachenko, he's 35. He's over in Ukraine. Okay. Um, he's 17 and two, 11 knockouts. Uh, he lost his IBF, WBO, and WBA lightweight titles to Ifemo Lopez. Now Lopez would end up losing his titles to Cambosis, who would end up losing the title, his title to Haney. Okay, because coming into this, Haney had three belts, and he beat Cambosis the first time in June of last year to get the fourth belt, and then all four belts were on the line. And I tell you what, I thought Cambosis was going to take the rematch, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Haney and Lomachenko. Uh, this, this is going to be awesome. Um, this fight was going to take place last year. But... Um, it didn't happen because he was still in, uh, excuse me, uh, sorry, I just got a notification on my laptop. Um, <coughs> this fight was going to take place last year. I think I might've mentioned that on one of our numerous boxing episodes. We did some solo boxing episodes and we also did a bunch of boxing talk on the weeknight chronicles. This fight was going to take place last year. Lomachenko decided to remain home in Ukraine during this Russian bullshit that's going on, uh, so then, um, that's when Haney ended up doing the fight with George Ferocious Cambosis, and the rest is history, now, this has been a fight that boxing fans have wanted to see for a couple of years now, myself included, uh, honestly, I don't, I don't really remember what's on tap for, for fights for this year. But I'm telling you right now, as of right now, this could be the biggest fight of the year. This could be match of the year. Now, I, I don't, hey, I hit more than I miss, but I'm really proud of myself. I said last year, when Serrano and Taylor sold out the Garden, they headlined the Garden. That would be professional boxing, not just women's, but all professional boxing's fight of the year, and it was. This could have the potential, if it goes... If it goes full rounds, no knockouts, this could be fight of the year. Now, I respect Devin Haney. I'm not a big Devin Haney guy. But I respect the shit out of him as an athlete, as a professional fighter, as a boxer. This could be something super, super badass. So, I'm looking forward to this hardcore uh, Saturday, I'll probably be recording with Kurt, so I won't get to see it. I also have a graduation party Saturday evening before I get to Kurt's. Uh, shout out Adam Sweet. It'd be your daughter's graduation party. Uh, but I will definitely have my phone handy to check this out. Uh, I might even, if I'm at Kurt's house, but the, the main card is going to start probably, I would say, do I have it pulled up here? Probably around 10. The undercard, of course, is going to start around 6 p.m. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. So, 
I guess this wraps up a sh- very short, uh, very abbreviated, very mobile, remote-recorded episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. I need to find my $50 earbuds. Everybody's got these nice, expensive Apple AirPods and all this shit, and I was just like, man, I hate, I miss having my headphone jack, so I had to buy wireless earbuds for the first time. And uh, I did a lot of research, and I wasn't going to spend no more than uh, 75 bucks. and I seen online these JBL tunes, 215 tunes, for 50 bucks. and I did a little research. I got, they pack a little bit of oomph, pack a little bit of bass. I fucking love them. And I can't find them! I've been here two months, I can't find them. Where did they go? Where are they? You out there in Radio Land, help me find my earbuds. So, alright guys, so for the absent Kurt Kelly, Puss Feel Better, I'm Jared Atkins. This has been a Weeknight Chronicles episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Uh, And we will see you guys hopefully this weekend with some new content.